You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. First Corinthians 14 verse 40. Amen. <laughs> All right. Let's go. One to go. Let all things be done decently and in order. Hallelujah. We've been talking about personal order. We've been talking about personal order. You see, an environment is not set by itself. Someone or people set an environment. Are you understanding me? Every environment you meet Every society you meet is that way because of the people that are in that society. Am I communicating? I said something in one of the meetings we've had in church here. I said, this geographical space called Nigeria, if you ask, let's not even talk about Nigeria. Nigeria is too big. Let's just talk about Port Harcourt. If you ask everybody that lives in Port Harcourt to relocate from Port Harcourt and you move them to, um, let's use Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk is the small, is a, is a bigger city, but a city. See, Norfolk is a city, is a city that has um, um, rivers like a river state has, you know. So you say, Everybody from Port Harcourt go to Norfolk and stay. Everybody. Mass movement, like Noah's Ark. Are you understanding me? Everybody, enter, enter, move. Some of you are already gone. <laughs> <laughs> then we now say everybody in Norfolk, including the governor, the political uh, players, come and stay in Port Harcourt. Alright? Relocate. We exchange venues. We relocate. Give it 12 months. Port Harcourt will look like Norfolk. And Norfolk <laughs> will look like Port Harcourt. Amen. I can tell you that. That means that the problem, listen, a, a, a society, an environment, is not the way it is by itself. Amen. Am I communicating? You see, even if you're watching a movie, and you are far away from Nigeria, and you see a street in Nigeria, you will know. Hello? Are you understanding me? You will know, sir. There's something within you will just connect. <laughs> you know. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is this. Individuals the other in their lives matter. Amen. It matters. So when we start talking about personal order, for us as a church, the kind of order you will see in the various fellowships and across the ministry will be a function of the personal order in every brother or sister in church. Amen. The order we will see in the families 
will be a function of the personal order in the life of everyone. The order we will see in our places of work, for some of you that run your own businesses, will be the personal order in the life of the leader or the vision bearer of that organization. So, when we say we want to solve Nigeria's problem, we cannot solve the problem by... To fix Nigeria means to fix the Nigerian. Amen. Hello? Are you understand what I'm saying? Fixing Nigeria is fixing the Nigerian. It's the Nigerian, the way the Nigerian thinks and the way he acts that makes him do the things that he does. You see someone driving on the way. You know, there's just this attitude. Every, Nigerians are always in a hurry. I don't, where are they going to? You understand that? There's this mindset. Don't overtake me. You will not pass. Are you understanding me? You know, that's that mindset. If, if, let's try it in church now. I just say, um, please just come to the front to pray. You say, well, if someone surpasses you, you, just start walking fast. What? You know, you know it, I, are you understanding me? I didn't say first to come. That's different. If I say who's the first, I just say, let's all just come to the front to pray. You see somebody, push somebody to come closer to the front. It's a Nigerian thing. Amen. And that's how that person that is doing like that with his body will do like that with his car. Amen. Enter somebody's front. But you see the average person that grew up somewhere else, how they drive. They drive with everybody say consideration. There's a consideration for the other person. So you see they're driving. Sometimes they're even driving you, they stop. Or they're slowing down. Why, why, why is he slowing down? They see that somebody was coming. They're waiting for him to pass. Wonderful. Are you understanding me? Then they go ahead. They're thinking about the other person. Always thinking about the other person. It, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking. Glory to God. So when we're talking about personal order, I want you to understand that. When the scripture says, let all things be done the and in order. Paul, of course, was speaking about the church setting. But now we understand that the church cannot be in order if the individuals in the church are not in order. Praise God. A time comes where the individuals, majority, are now having a proper mindset. Then they will affect the environment in such a way that when an outsider comes into the environment, he has to conform. Amen. To what these individuals have made the environment look like. Am I communicating? Alright? But it takes, it takes time. It takes time. That, that is culturing. Are you understanding me? It takes time. Everyone here has a culture. But a church, the role of a church is not just, you know, to get people saved, get them through the Holy Ghost. No, the job of the church is also to help the believer develop the Christ culture. Amen. There's a culture of Christ. And if believers don't develop that culture of Christ, they will not, they'll be, it'll be like the Bible is another world. Your life is another world. Are you understanding me? It will look like, this in the Bible says, is it true? Because your experience is contrary to what the Word of God says. Now, when we talk about other, here, let all things. He didn't say let some things. He said let all things. That means it is possible for all things to be done decently 
and to be in order. The word order is arrangements. Everybody say arrangements. Glory to God. Arrangements. Proper placing, placement. Putting things in their proper place. That's order. Ranking. That's order. Prioritizing. That's order. Divine pattern. That means that there is a divine pattern. When God wanted to build the tabernacle, He gave a pattern to Moses. Moses did just come up and say, um, I think it would be good to have one corner here, have this here, have this color. No, no. God gave him the pattern. That means as Moses was building, he was building according to the pattern. Am I communicating? The same thing happened to Noah. Noah built an ark. You read that in Genesis chapter 6 and 7. Noah built an ark. The ark Noah built was according to the pattern that God gave him. He didn't just build something out of the blues. That means that in your life, there is a divine pattern. Hallelujah. There's a divine pattern. There's a divine pattern. First of all, we could say generally, there's a divine pattern for all believers. But I'm speaking specifically that in your life concerning your destiny, there is a divine pattern. So when we talk about personal order, the other aspect of personal order is you recognizing the divine pattern for you and following it. Amen. You read stories like Samson's story. You see divine pattern in Samson's life that is unique to Samson. Do you know that if you read about Paul in the New Testament, the Bible told us about Paul that at a point Paul cut his hair in a city called Sancreia. Alright, he cut his hair. Now, but Samson's pattern was that he shouldn't cut his hair. Amen. It was a Nazarite. That means that, hey, 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 whatever God had with Samson, it was connected to his obedience in keeping his hair. There are many other people that didn't have their hair. Amen. Have you not heard of Elisha? Elisha was bowed. Amen. Yeah? Because he was walking and some youths came out of the bush and said, Oh, bad, old, oh, bad head. He said, You're abusing me. He caught them. Lions came out and killed them. That means he was bowed. Amen. So God used him without hair. So God can use you. Amen. Then at the same time, God had with another man hair. Amen. Am I communicating? Praise God. Now, you see pattern. You see divine pattern. For Moses, when God called him, God called him and he was with a rod. And God used him with the rod like that. Amen. Am I communicating? He had to have a rod. He had a rod. And it didn't mean that every other prophet should have a rod. Samuel didn't have a rod. Glory to God. Elijah didn't have a rod. His own was his mantle. Amen. His overcoat. Those are patterns. I will say patterns. Divine patterns. Which are specific to the individual. They're not general. So, what I'm saying to you is that in your work with God, there are specific patterns. Amen. Glory to God. You know, you hear about great men of God. I, I, I know ministers of the gospel. Awesome ministers that have known, you know, impacting the world in their own way. <laughs> and one of them said that he doesn't fast. 
Amen. Because they were asking him how he prepares for meetings. He said, he just goes to the meeting. You understand that? But fast though. Then another one says, ah, the number of days in the year that he eats is fewer than the number of days that he does not eat. Praise God. That's the pattern. Are you listening to me? Depending on what God had put in his hand. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? You know, just say, oh, okay, okay. No, no, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. I read about a man called Novel Hayes. His pastor now is going to be with the Lord. Awesome man of God. He understood something about worship. Years ago, I read his book about worship. It transformed my, my orientation about worship. He understood worship in a way that is not regular. Are you understanding me? Where he wants to go and settle stuff in his life. He just decides to start worshiping. Are you understanding me? That's the pattern he understood. It's his pattern. What I mean is this. You could say, oh, that's the revelation God gave him. But that's how he has finished ministry. He's gone to be with the Lord. He, he, he fulfilled destiny. My prayer for you is that you will understand the divine pattern for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will understand the divine pattern. I heard a man, he's a known person, he's one of the wealthy men in Nigeria, but he's saved. He was telling a story about his life. And he said, he observed that every seven years of his life, it's like God opens new levels for him. But most of the time, before that new level will happen, it will be like there will be a crisis that will show up. So, he's become so conscious of it, he could tell oh, when he was at social point, this one happened, at this point, so so happened. But every, time, every seven years, so, 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 that's his own interpretation. What he has observed is a pattern. Glory to God. It's a pattern. I could tell you patterns for me. You no, know, the Spirit of God spoke to me years ago. I was still living in my parents' home at that time. He said, if you obey me, if you obey and serve me, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. It is in Job 36, 11. I didn't know where it was before. I openly read it. What I observed in my life is that new platforms come to me with ease. Amen. What I mean is that when I'm trying to do something, struggling to do something, it might not be it. Amen. When the thing wants to come, it just comes. I don't understand what I'm saying. That's what I observed. Over the years. That the most important things in my life have come to me free. Are you listening to me? That's what I've observed. Over the years. The most the things that matter the most to me. You know? <laughs> Someone asked me a question one time. I said, there are things that, you know, when you're growing up, there are things like, we're in front of you, then you say, if God do this one, eh, I know that there's nothing you cannot do. Then he now does it. Are you understanding me? Then you say, hi, 
Another one will come and say, if God can do this one, you know, that kind of thing, that's what I'm talking about. Those kind of things, when they happen, they happen almost like it will prove that it was not your effort that made it happen. Amen. Glory to God. Another second pattern I've observed about me is that the people I've met in my past have a place in my future. Hello? I observe that. That I go on in life and I keep meeting people that when I met them, I didn't know anything good was going to come out of it. But I was kind to them. Amen. Or, I left them with a good taste in their mouth. And then, in front, you now find out that. <laughs> that happened to me even in the Netherlands. You know? The people that hosted me, are people that had known me as a kid. Are you understanding me? And they were not the original people that invited me. When I got there, it was in their power to say yes or no. Are you understand what I'm saying? Lift your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. Open my eyes to see the patterns. Now, I'm not saying that someone should be um, um, locked to this is the only way God works. You can't, you can't cage God. Amen. No, you can't. For every one thing God has done in your life, He has a million other ways to do it. Did you hear me? He has a million other ways to do it. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying that if you observe the hand of God in your life, you will see that there is a pattern. Amen. And I want to say this to you. Don't get accustomed. Some of you, the pattern that you have observed is the negative ones. And the corona is every Thursday that I used to have bad, 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 bad luck. <laughs> Thursday is my bad luck day. That's not what I'm talking about. If that has been, you can change that one. Amen. No, you can change that one. You can change it by saying this is the day the Lord has made. When you wake up on Thursday, say this Thursday will not be like last Thursday. So I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about those that say, oh, every January I will be in the hospital. So now next January I'm choosing, I don't want to stay in uh, this, I'll go to BMH instead. No, UPJH, BMH, UPJH. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. So don't understand the pattern in that light. Glory to God. I'm talking about how David by the Spirit of God, had the opportunity that he was not even at home. And then they came to the house to look for the king. Amen. Are you with me? Then his brothers are all waiting for him. They come and say, this is the king. They anoint him. But he doesn't start functioning as king. He's still living. Yet, God still orchestrates and then they say, um, the king now, Saul himself, he has depression. That's what we call it today. Alright? Midlife crisis. <laughs> Amen. You know, you just stay and just get angry. 
you know, just, you know, the Bible says, um, the Old Testament English said, an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. That's how it was put. So, of course, he was having mood swings. Amen. Alright? So, there's evil spirit around mood swings. Amen. Eh? Eh? Yes. So, he was having mood swings. And then they thought of how to cure him. They said, there's one guy. When the guy plays the harp, the harp is a stringed instrument that there's something about how he plays. There's, a, there's something that happens when he plays. Go and bring it. That's how David came to the house of the king. Amen. You know that he was ordained to be king. But you see how God was plotting his path. Am I communicating? It's not after the ordained, he went to stand at the gate of the king and say, All we are saying, make me the king. No, 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 no. God arranged it that he will be around the house of the king so that he will learn how kings think and how they talk. It was a pattern. So he got there and then he'll be playing. He'll be playing. He got close to Jonathan, David's son. Amen. Saul's son, sorry. Saul's son. Alright? He got close to him. You know that when you're a friend to the king's son, he'll be telling you some things. That means that if he went for special classes on how to speak, when he comes back to David, he will teach him how to speak. David was a bush boy. He will teach him. They they were so close. He will play and the evil spirit will depart from the king. That was the pattern in his life. Even when the king wanted to kill him, God had opened the hearts of all other, the elders of Israel towards David. Am I communicating? There's a pattern in your own life. Amen. There's a pattern in your life. Glory to God. Amen. Now, let me explain something to you. You don't have to go and sit down and start thinking. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say to you is that, you see, because I've mentioned it, your eyes will just, you just realize. Amen. You just realize, okay, okay. I heard a man of God share. He said that in his own life, he had never confessed to receive a car. The pattern, are you understanding me? Say, I believe I receive a car. Every time he had needed a car, it has come. Amen. And that doesn't mean confessing that I receive a car is wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Alright? Don't misunderstand me. Whenever I want to do something big or something serious, the right people gravitate towards us. That's what I've observed. They just show up. The people to do it or that know what to do just show up. Oh, Father, we thank you. It it just happened. That's another message altogether. But now, my concern this evening is something that will help you in when it comes to personal order. And um, it was based on a question that someone asked 
Jesus. I think I mentioned it last Thursday. Matthew 22, 36 through to 40. Matthew 22, 36 through to 40. Glory to God. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Keep going. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Man, that was a strong statement from Jesus. Now, this man came to Jesus, you know, the, in the law, you know, it was agreed that nobody can obey all the commandments of God. There were so many. Some tried, they tried to sum them up. They said the commandments were about 613 commandments in the law. Some they divided it into the heavier commandments and the lighter commandments. And a group of people believed that just focus on obeying the heavier ones. Then the lighter ones, no problem. Which is not consistent because James said, if you fail in one, you fail in all. Amen. Then they divided the commandments in two parts. Some of them are ritual laws. Some of them are moral laws. Some of them are laws or commandments, rather. Um, An Israeli um, rabbi said that they believe that there are 248 parts of the human body. I don't know. That's what they believe. So they believe that there's, there's a law for each part. So there's 248 represent that. Then the remaining 365 are for every day of the year. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So whatever. So there are 613 commandments. 613. Now, so this guy's concern was, please, which one is most important? Are you understanding me? Which is the greatest of all the commandments? That's the question. I want you to understand the question. And the answer relates to what we want to talk about. Jesus said, verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. He said that's the first and the great commandment. The second one, he said, you will love your neighbor as yourself. So one is directed towards God and the other commandment is towards your fellow man. Amen. And Jesus said in verse 40, it is on these two commandments that all of the law and the prophets are hanging on. That means that the reason why he said all the things he said is because of these two, these two. Love. Amen. Relationship. Are we together? A Bible commentary said that these commandments are the sum of all divine revelation and responsibility. The sum of all divine revelation and responsibility. That means that, it's not like where Ecclesiastes said, the conclusion of the matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. You know, that kind of thing. Summary. So, now, it means that what he's saying 
is that everything we're doing in our Christian experience, what matters the most is our relationship towards God and our relationships towards people. Amen. Are you with me? Hmm. When I was talking last Thursday, I mentioned three areas. That when there is order in your life, it will be expressed in three areas. Number one, in your relationship. Number two, in your time management. And number three, in your finances. Remember that? We said that. Now, when I defined order to you, I talked about ranking. I talked about prioritizing. It means that you cannot talk about order if you don't understand this order that he gave. In the order of relationship, he's saying that relationship with God is superior to relationship with people. Amen. There are several New Testament scriptures that corroborate this or are built on this. That make us understand that relationship, relationship, it was a relationship. relationship. <laughs> what Christ did for us was to bring us into a legal relationship with God. Amen? Legal. But we have a responsibility. For that relationship to be vital. Amen. If I go to court. And I get. A marriage certificate. And I get married to. Sandra. And the certificate they say. Tibidabo words Sandra. That's what's written on the certificate. After the wedding. We shake hands at the court. I go home. She goes to Rumokrishi. On paper, we are married. But vitally, we are not acting married. Are you understand what I'm saying? A lot of believers have come into that legal relationship with God. But some are not enjoying that vital relationship with God. Amen. In the first session I talked about how spiritual the spiritual is a priority over the physical. In your relationship life your relationships have to be prioritized. Amen. That's order. That your relationship with God comes first. Hallelujah. Is number one. It has effects here and hereafter. Glory to God. All relationships, let me say this to your neighbor, all relationships are not the same. At least the scripture is differentiating relationship with God with relationship with a human being. When he came to God, he said, you should love him with all your heart, at least Old Testament. 
your mind and with all your soul. Eh? Then when he came to a human being, he didn't say love him with all your heart, your soul, or all your mind. He didn't say so. He said love him as you love yourself. That means how you love yourself is different from loving with all your... Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's a difference. But there are some people that love the boyfriend with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind. It's not even husband or boyfriend. And they love God as they love themselves. <laughs> Amen. 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 That's disorder. Are you listening to me? I read about Catherine Kuhlman, awesome woman of God. She was an evangelist doing the work of God and got to a point. She met a guy called Borough Waltrip. I keep remembering the name, you know. And the man was supposed to be married. But she didn't care. And that was it. She said why it was a sacrifice for her to leave him was that she loved him more than she loved God. Hello? And that's a strong statement. She said she loved him. If you read her memos and all her books, she said she loved him more than she loved God. So when you hear that story, her testimony, even uh, I think it was also reflected in um, Ben Hins, Pastor Ben Hins' first book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, and um, some other of her books. She said when she went to the, on that street and walked to the end of the road, and she died there. That means the only way she could disconnect from him was to die in her heart. That's why it looked like a sacrifice. Are you understanding me? There are some of us here that, listen, there's a difference. We love God because He first loved us. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? Okay. So, in, the, in recent times, when we're teaching New Testament believers, we try to focus on teaching you on how to appreciate and value God's love for you more than your love for Him. Amen? But let me explain something to you. There has to be an understanding. If you truly value God's love for you, it will show in your response of your own love towards Him. Amen? Am I communicating? Yeah. Because we love Him with the love with which He loved us. Amen? The Bible said he had poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Alright? He had shed abroad his love in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, so, your love for God came from his own love for you. Amen. Our obedience and service to God is how we express our love. Amen. There's no other way to express your love. God knows in my heart I love him. I love him even if I didn't come to church for midweek service, I love him. I don't even go to church every Sunday, but I know that I love him. I don't, I short, I know I'm not serving in any team in the church, but I know I love him. 
I know I don't read my Bible, but I love him. You are a bloody, bloody liar. One of the ways you show or demonstrate your love for God is the sacrifices you are willing to make. Amen. To please Him. Hello? Yeah. You are not doing it to gain any trust from Him. You are doing it because, you know, you know, how many of you have loved before? Amen. If you have loved before. I know some of you have never been loved, but you have loved before. <laughs> I say, Pastor, nobody has ever loved me. I said, but me, I love you now. <laughs> he said, no, it's not like that, Pastor. I mean, real love. <laughs> this is a true conversation. <coughs> You know, ah, it's my own not true love. I love you. <laughs> Say, no, not that kind of love. <laughs> All right. Love. Everybody say love. love. You know, some people can even say it. Say love. love. Please let me check who is not saying it. Say it again. Love. love. <laughs> it's a beautiful word. I've told you the story about a man that said, he called his friend. I said, my wife was so kind to me. Remain small. I would have said, I love you. As if it's an abomination to say, I love you. <laughs> the guy said, thank God he didn't say it. <laughs> we are hard men. We don't say those kind of things. <laughs> Glory to God. One of the, I use John 3.16 when I explain this. The Bible says, for God so loved that he gave. There is no love without a giving. Amen. Are we together? There is no love without a giving. I say it this way, there could be a giving without love. But there is no love without a giving. So if someone said they love you, they love you, they love you. Even relationship wise. And uh, he has never, he cannot give money, cannot give anything. He doesn't love you. He doesn't love. How you know a stingy man is in love? Is when he starts giving. Everybody around him knows that he's a stingy man. But he now met somebody. He said, Don't take this one. He might even say, Don't tell anybody I gave you. I don't even know why I'm doing it. But back to what I'm saying. So, your relationship with God and your relationship with people. Now, the God side is not my focus. My focus is there has to be other in our relationship with people. 
Amen. The major reason that makes believers happy, sad, successful, or failures is tied to their relationship with people. Amen. Are we together? You know, God doesn't sit down and look at you and say, Do not greet me this morning. They will sack you this morning. That's not how God operates. Eh, you just worship me two minutes. Two minutes. They will reduce your salary by two. That's not how God operates. So, most of the troubles you have in life are not a function of even the fact that God is not happy with you. No, no, no. no. That is not, that's not a function. It's a function of your relationship with people. Amen. Am I communicating? Your relationship with people. And if you study the Bible carefully, do you, what was the whole book of Proverbs about? Relation, our civic duties, relationship with people. Look, most part of Proverbs is the wisdom of how to deal with people, how to relate to your neighbor, how to relate to your father, how to relate to children, how to relate to people. Listen to me. If you exercise wisdom, scriptural wisdom in your relationship with people, there are several challenges you will not even have. You will be more successful in your endeavors just by ha- learning how to relate better. Amen? Are you listening to me? Just by learning how to relate better. First of all, all relationships are not the same. When we talk about order, we're saying that, hey, prioritize relationships. Know what this relationship is and how you should handle it. Some people are trying to make their friend their father. Hello. You know, there are some friends that, you know, say, eh, eh, yeah, uh, you, you, you are supposed to help me now. You are not helping me again. <laughs> and he's just your friend. I've counseled several people that God's responsibility is to ensure that he brings around you the relationships that you will need to fulfill destiny. Are you listening to me? But your response in those relationships are dependent on you. They are your responsibility. Are you listening to me? Yeah. God will bring the relationships around you. Some of you have met the people that will lead you to the place where you will be able to raise that capital you need to start that project. But that person does not look like the person. So you've not honored the relationship for what it really is. I've shared the story several times of how we got our first business office in this city. It didn't look like something that would have come that way. We were in faith for an office space to start our business then. And then, in my head, I was calculating... And I thought, I said, my father's friend had somewhere, somewhere, so I was going to go and meet him and I just want to share his office with him only for me to get there. The guy had moved a long time ago. Then I was discussing it with someone, a fellow. At that time, he was having mental issues. Psychological issues, you call it. At that time in his life. He's not someone that you will, you will be discussing, you know, having a, an intelligent conversation with. 
I was talking to someone else. Not knowing he was sitting down there listening to us. The next day he came back and said, I found an office for you. What are you talking about? He said, I heard you talking to someone about that you are looking for an office. So I found an office for you. Listen to me. That office gave us the platform to do the things we did that are still connected to the things we are doing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But that relationship didn't look like the relationship was going to bring that, 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 that office. It didn't look like. Do you know, I didn't even believe him. It took a lot of convincing. And for the fact that me to have seen things that God does or some things. Oh yeah, let's just go and see. We got there, I saw office. Like, wow. And he had already told the person, they gave us the office. Amen. Listen, there are different, there are some relationships around you that are spiritual, directly spiritual. Some are not. Now, it's your responsibility to know the difference. You know how, sometimes it surprises me how someone is loyal to a friend. The friend is not born again. It's not a God-ordained relationship in your life. Are you understanding me? But they are loyal to the friend more than they are loyal to the, the covenant relationship that God has brought them into. Am I communicating? It surprises me. My prayer for you is that you will understand the relations that God has brought around you. And follow the divine pattern of that relationship. There are friends I've met in ministry. I know their role. There are people I've met. I know they don't have any role. Amen. So why will I waste my energy, my time? Oh, before I got married, there's a place close to my house where I was staying. I used to go there because maybe I'll come back late and I'll just go there, you know, and just gist and then I go back. So one of the evenings, I got there. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. I got there. I was just talking to them. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, this is the last time you will come here. They didn't do anything to me. Why? Okay. I didn't, I didn't tell them, don't say the Lord, this is the last time. I didn't tell them anything. We just shook our normal. Okay now, no problem. Well done. Well done. I just looked around and said, man, this is the last but I like this place so you know. And I left. Perhaps that relationship will not have helped me. Amen. Are we together? It will not have helped me. Then there are relationships that are divine. And that those people we knew. There are people that when my wife and I first got married, she wouldn't even understand why. You know, you know that kind of relationships where the people don't visit you, but you're always the one visiting them. You know that kind of thing. I say, why are we always coming here? The person doesn't always come. I say, see this one, just leave it. <laughs> this one, just leave it. Years later, she understood. Okay, okay, I understand. Are you getting me? You understand those kind of things where this thing is God that set it up. Then they are the ones that you have no business being there. Amen. 
that relationship is sapping you of strength, is distracting you. In short, is the reason why you cannot even be committed in church. Is the reason why you cannot read your Bible. Is the reason you cannot pray. What again do you need to know? Learning to put relations around you in other will help you a great deal. Spousal relationships. Leadership relationships. Your relationship with your leaders. Your relationship with your spouse. Your relationship with friends. Regular relationships. What role they play. Do you know the Bible talks about relationship with your parents? That it has a role to play in your life. That your relationship with your parents has its place. The scripture said, honor your parents, your father and mother. Amen. Is that what the scripture said? Honor them. Ephesians 6. Honor them. Then that same scripture, when it got to ministers, it said, those that teach you God's word, give them double honor. The person that is the same Paul that said honor for parents. When he got to your spiritual leaders, he now used the word what? Double honor. Meaning that he was explaining the rules are different. Amen. The rules are different. The rules are different. Then the Bible said, love your spouse for the husband. For the wife says, submit. That means that everyone should understand the role of the relationship and how to manage it. How you manage relationship is the order we're talking about. Amen. It's the order we're talking about. Some years ago, I saw a pregnant lady. We were somewhere. And a pregnant lady... We finished from a meeting. A pregnant lady was waiting for a taxi to go. Her husband was in the meeting. He was driving. He drove past her, gave her transport, and was going. So I said, can't you drop her at the junction? Hello? I don't know if you what I'm saying. Okay. If you don't have time to drive her to wherever she's going to, she's heavy. Make the sacrifice, put her in a drop to go home. Or give her the car. Are you understanding me? Now, I, I, I don't know. Are you understanding me? But that same guy now will go, I'm going to drop his colleague. Hello? He said, no, I, I, no problem. Where do you want to go? It should be off your route too. It's also say, ah, ah, I will drop you. Are you seeing this order? That's this order. That means that the value he has placed on this relationship is different. That's not the value you place on the relationship. Listen to me. My concern here today is that evaluate relationships around you and ensure 
that you are relating with every relationship the way you should relate with it. Amen. Today might not be the day to start talking about pastors, how people um, treat their leaders. You know, that, that was not the focus. Let's not even go there. Let's start with the relationship around you, not even the ones in church. Some people, their boss is the voice of the Lord. Amen? Are you understanding me? They will argue in church with the custodian of their, of their spiritual life. Amen? But they will never argue with the boss in a place of work. Never. I've met people that they are friends. Anything they are friends. A woman was complaining about her husband. He said, I don't want this, this friend around my husband. I don't want this friend. My wife knows the person. But I don't want this friend around my husband. Why? Anything he tells my husband, he will do it. Even against my own will. So if the wife says, maybe they want to move to a new house. But let's move to this place. The friend says, no, no, no. That house no good. Finish. The friend said, come and live near me. He will move his whole family to go and live near his friend. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not that the friend is a minister that ministers to him. He's just a friend. I want to ask you, what are the most important relationships around you? Let me tell you how you know the most important relationships around you. One, the relationship you spend time with more. Relationships that take your time the most are the most important relationships around you. Now, I'm not talking about people that, you know, your husband and wife can be at home. doesn't mean they're spending time together. <laughs> then the wife will be singing her own. You know, they're singing different songs. Are you understanding me? They're not together. They're in the house. These days of phones, you know. This one is chatting this way. That one is chatting that way. Even when they want to communicate self, they always say, I... My, I want to eat now. <laughs> yes, I want to eat now. Then I say, I've already warmed the food. Go and eat. <laughs> Amen. It's on uh, WhatsApp now. They're communicating. They're in the same house. No, that's what I'm talking about. So what relationship take your time the most? Secondly, what relationships do you invest your money or resources in? That's how you know the relations that matter the most to you. Hallelujah. Some people cannot even call their spouse. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about husband and wife oh, from the office. Hello. How is work? I was just sending a text. Have a great day at work. Never. You see the brother is happy in the office. Oh boy! He's when he comes home, he's just like this. If the wife watches the video of him in the office, she will not believe his husband. He's everybody's friends. Yo! 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 <laughs> then at home, just quiet. Glory to God. There's a wife like that too. In her place of work, everybody loves her. She's everybody's friend. 
When she comes home, she retires from joy. If you put the relationships around you in order, you'll be happier. Then, the blessing of the relationships. Every blessing, every relationship has its own unique blessing. Did you hear me? Yeah. Those of you that have children know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just see your children. Children are therapeutic. Amen. Children are therapeutic. There's something a child does to you. I'll end with this. There's something children do. You see a man who was just lazy, just struggling, things are not going well. Then he just looks at his children. He's inspired. I'm going to go and walk. Are you understanding me? There's something. Sometimes even when a husband and wife are not in good terms, it's the children that help to bring peace. Praise God. <laughs> you understand that? <laughs> Do you know we carry daddy's phone and give mommy? You understand that? Then he starts looking for his phone. She says, see your phone here. <laughs> you understand me? Then they have to talk. <laughs> you no. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Oh